Hi, Kelly. Hey, Karen. <laughs> uh, recently, I've been cleaning out my closet and thinking through what I actually need and don't need from my wardrobe. And, you know, I was thinking about the impact that the clothes I have have on the environment and what I buy, what I'm going to do with it when I'm done with it. And I was actually, it took me back to this time in college where I tried to only purchase items that I felt had, you know, a positive impact on society. So I felt that they were made with, you know, workers' benefits in mind in a fair and safe spaces, and that they were made from environmentally friendly materials. And back then, you know, I really had a hard time finding anything that I could purchase. And I struggled and, and basically ended up not being able to buy anything for those months or year that I was doing that experiment. Um, have you ever thought about your wardrobe and how it impacts the environment? This is Red Skies, brought to you by Karen Maroos and Kelly Doherty. Produced by Medley Shabazz. Red Skies is real educated discussions on sustainability knowledge impacting every society. We're people that work in sustainability and also went to school for sustainability, which is where we met and became friends. Our goal is to continue to learn and to inspire ourselves and others to do better. We'll tell stories about sustainability and answer questions like, Why should I care? Plastic straw is not bad. What is? How do I convince myself? What is a carbon footprint? We are New Yorkers leading regular lives and doing our best to live sustainably, but we're not perfect. We don't have all the answers, but together we will search for them. This is Red Skies. Uh, you know, I grew up in a big family, so I had a significant amount of hand-me-downs, which was fine. And after I was done with it, it went to my younger sister or my cousin. Um, and that was just the way that well, you know, we operated growing up and then when you were really truly done with something um, and there was nobody else to give it to, then it went to uh, Goodwill or recycled in some way um, in that way. So I've been doing a piece of the puzzle, but I know that there's more that I can do and learn and and really impact my decision making Um when I'm looking to purchase clothing. So that's why I was really looking forward to uh, this conversation today, Karen. <laughs> yeah, Kel, I have a lot of those same questions. I wonder where things go after I send them to Goodwill and I feel like I'm doing my part. Or to be honest, sometimes it's hard to coordinate the delivery to get Goodwill. So sometimes they just end up going in the trash bin, which I feel horrible about, but it's true. Kelly and I were really curious to learn more so we decided to call our friend Sarah Sender to kind of help share some information she has on sustainability in the fashion world. Yes, and we hope you enjoy it. I'm Sarah Sender. Um, I think my background uh, is kind of a unique background to get to sustainability. Uh, I started my career out of college in the military, and so I was doing operations uh, in that role in the military. And then when I got out of the service, I went to Boeing. It was there that I decided I was really interested in looking at what I like to say, uh, helping businesses do well by doing good. And from there, I took a job at Rent the Runway and was doing operations and sustainability for them at their warehouse. 
companies can be successful and companies can make money, but I think they can also do it with a conscience, conscious lens. And so that what they're putting out in the world is positively impacting both their customers as well as the people that work at their company and then ultimately also the environment. You know, we spend so much time as individuals thinking about what we as consumers can do to live more sustainably. But it's nice to know that there are companies that are doing a lot of that legwork for us so that consumers can make the same decisions or similar decisions that they would have made anyway, but know that they're kind of routing their dollars and their business to more sustainable choices or more sustainable organizations. The ability of the individual consumer to make an impact based off of their purchasing power And, you know, we've seen that that's across the board um, that's been happening in business forever. And so now it's just we're seeing businesses really focus on selling products to people that are sustainable. And that's what the consumer is asking for. I think that we're at a tipping point when it comes to um, sustainability in the fashion industry, which is really interesting. So what I learned from from Sarah as she was talking was really that companies are making these decisions that are somehow impacting the our environment and and the the products that we're we as consumers can buy but i guess where an area that i'm not really clear on is like how do we as consumers know like what that is is it real is it just something that they're saying to get more people buying their product, but is it actually a sustainable product? Yeah, I have the same question. And also, what do we do once we do buy the product? So we actually asked Sarah that question too. The, the three areas that you want to break it down in is first, the design, the company, and the actual decision to purchase something. So that's that's the first thing you can do. And then the second thing is, okay, how do you use that garment um, once you've actually bought it? And then the third thing is, then what do you do with it once you're done with it? Actually, you know, Kelly, when I heard Sarah talking about the three ways consumers can make a choice, I was immediately intrigued by the first one, how we make our buying decisions. This was really what my college experiment was about. Where am I buying my clothes from? And what does that mean for the people who make it? What does that mean for the earth? You know, and this is the part where I really couldn't wait for Sarah to dig in and hear a little bit more about how we should make good buying decisions when it comes to clothes. On websites today, you can go and almost every single website, if if a company is selling you something, they're going to have a sustainability page. So that alone is not enough. But going in, actually seeing like what targets they're talking about and whether, you know, when you go to buy something and you see on the website, like what are the contents of that material? That's where... I would say it's really good to understand also like where it's being made. I think those are the things that are really important. The other thing I would say is a good rule of thought is certainly the the fashion industry in order to make money, they're going to mark up things. So they're going to make a profit on something. But at the end of the day, if you're buying a shirt 
that's been marked down and it's selling for like $3 or $4 or $2.99, just like ask yourself, like, how much was the person paid to make this then? Like, it's just one of those, like, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. What resonated with me a lot is, is it too good to be true? Um, we all love a deal, <laughs> but sometimes y- you do have to ask yourself, gosh, this is really cheap. And is it cheap because it's heavily discounted from its original pli- price? And is that different than is it just a really cheap product? And then where is it coming from? And sometimes, you know, you do have to think through not only what does that mean, like what we sometimes in our world call this the social cost. So what does that actually mean? And how good of a product is this going to be? Is it going to fall apart the second time I wear it? Yep, exactly. So the other thing that I would say that is a really good rule is thinking about before you buy something, thinking, am I going to wear this 30 times? Am I going to wear this at least 30 times? And like having that thought in mind before you purchase something, because if it's something very trendy, so right there, and I, I completely believe that you can love fashion, love fashion trends and want to be fashionable and also do it sustainably. So I, and I can definitely, we can shift to that and and some thoughts there on, on good tips there. But what I would say is, if you know you're not going to get to wear something for 30 wears, then you really shouldn't be buying it. It's just, it's not a good decision. And I think that's where these like smart decision makings can happen. And this is where, you know, the rental, the rental model is really, really great for fashion. I think because, this is where if you don't think you're going to be able to do that, then to wear it 30 times, then maybe a rental option is your best option. Karen, I, I think I've told you this before that I have clothes that I've had for like 20 years and I've been able to you know, hold on to those for a really long time. So the second concept that Sarah kind of goes into um, is about keeping clothes up and being able to keep them for that long. So Um, This is kind of her um, explanation of what we can do to do that. The next section that I would talk about is how you're holding up that garment. How are you, you know, how are you protecting it or how are you making it last? You guys look at your labels for the shirts that you buy or the jeans that you buy. You look at the labels to see how you should wash the garment. Yeah, I'll be honest. I just separate between dry cleaning and the regular laundry. And then everything pretty much goes in the same washing machine because I hate doing laundry. (laughs) How about you, Kel? Well, I actually try to avoid uh, dry clean only purposely because it's another expense when you are buying a garment. Can you kind of walk us through what's typically on a label that, you know, maybe a consumer wouldn't know and now they can start to look at? The number one thing that is pretty crazy is there's no, there's very few standards when it comes to labels across the fashion industry. So it is really hard for consumers to understand, you know, what they're seeing on a label. Everyone knows about cotton and if it's never been pre-washed, then it can shrink. But the other shrinkage issues can happen with blends of materials. So 
if you look at a label pretty much now because of the invention of polyester and other things that are similar to polyester, almost nothing is completely one fabric anymore. You could actually hand wash a lot of things and then just air dry them. And honestly, that's the best thing that you could probably do. I think understanding how to wash your clothes is really important. Across the board, people know, oh, you know, it's better to use cold water. You know, it's less of a footprint to use cold water than hot water. It's actually also better for your clothes so that they um, aren't impacted by the heat. Workout clothes actually has a lot of material in it. Elastane, all of these materials, um, when you put them in the dryer, they can start to break down. So that means that's uh, you're basically going to be cutting down the life cycle of that garment if you're putting it in the dryer. There's more and more things that you can actually hand wash and just hang dry. And those are that's going to be a really good way to, to preserve your, your garments to make sure um, they last. And then also, um, it's a great way to just, you know, use less resources, actually. I will speak from personal experience and, and Ahmed is it would agree with this. <laughs> All of my clothes, I don't put in the dryer and it <laughs> drives them a little bit crazy because there's clothes always hanging around my apartment drying, but it makes them last longer and it doesn't pill and they, you know, they're, they're perfectly fine. Um, you know, just not just hang drying. I would love to kind of now talk about your number three, which is um, like, what do you do with clothing when you get rid of it and, or when it's time to, you know, clean out your closet and, um, you know, get a new wardrobe, maybe you lost some weight or, you know, you know, it's just time to retire some of your garments. So what do we do when we're ready to retire clothes? The end of life cycle of the product is really interesting. I would say the number one thing not to do is don't put it in the trash. So the good news with Goodwill and other similar um, companies, you know, there's plenty of different companies around, you know, just locally or nationally or whatever, where you can drop off clothes, used clothes. So that is a really good thing to do. So what they do then there. So they'll separate out what they can sell and make a profit from in their store, a percentage of it that they'll be able to sell it to a company to reuse that, those items. They might use it for like installation of building material. Um, you think about like the inserts for like dog beds or, or different things like that. And then a portion of it, to be honest, from what I know is like it could, some of it could be sent to another country and donated. There's probably a percentage, to be honest, that ends up in landfill too. If you have to get rid of textiles, make sure that you're donating it. Different local municipalities have different drop-off points. A lot of times farmers markets have it locally. Uh, Every Sunday, there's a closed drop-off. And so this is really the best way to do it because whatever can still be used, they're going to find a way to use it. Another great route for people who have really nice clothes is their resale options. So this is a great way for people to actually make money on stuff that they don't love anymore. So now there's tons of um, online apps, whether it's Poshmark or Depop, 
and or the real real. You know, at the end of the day, it really does go back to point one, though. Thinking about the end of life cycle of your garment when you go to purchase it. When I go back and I think, oh my gosh, I've had that. I've had that for however many, however long. I need to go back to that company and buy that exact same thing, or not the exact same thing, because obviously I still have it. But something with that same material, something um, made from that company, because I know it's going to last. Yeah, that that is great. Um, I am really into the resale market. So I mostly because I'm lazy, to be honest, I end up buying most of my clothes used. I also participate in the Rent the Runway rental, the ongoing rental subscription. You know, I learned a lot, especially with your three main buckets. Like, how are you making your decisions? Are you going to wear these items at least 30 times? Looking at the website and not just trusting what the website says, but looking for outside certifications too. You talked about how do you care for the garment when you have it? Are you, are you, you know, hand washing? Are you air drying? Uh, Not everything that says it needs to be dry cleaned has to you can you can actually hand wash a lot of items and really try to care for garments so that they last longer and then when we're at end of life reselling and actually making a profit back on your used clothing or donating it to places where it will either be resold or distributed to to other people in need or even in even can potentially become a building material in a building you live or work in. Um, I've learned a lot from those three steps and that's been really great. Thank you so much for that. I'm kind of interested is like what the future looks like for sustainability and fashion. Like what's the best case scenario? I would say circularity is the number one thing for the best case for fashion. So, uh, and what circularity means is just that there's a plan for the end of life cycle of the garments, clothing, the apparel, the textiles that you wear so that it goes somewhere else. And so that the, the life of the, that piece extends for as long as possible. There's so much resources that go into creating a product. So, you know, I think the stat is it can be like 10,000 gallons of water to create one t-shirt. Companies need to come up with ideas of how to be able to recycle what they're creating. Also, for understanding how long something's going to last, uh, I think companies should be responsible in not overproducing products. But I think in general, we need to take a step back, though, from the fast fashion. Um, And that's where the consumerism part comes in. And just you know, fast fashion, at the end of the day, it's not sustainable. And at the end of the day, the product isn't going to hold up. So I'm, I'm hoping we're going to see a resurgence of people buying beautiful pieces. You know, they're timeless. Um, and then they hold up. And so at the end of the day, they can last for years and years and years versus, you know, only a few washes. So that's, that's where I see the change happening. And, and that's what I'm hopeful for. Wow, that was really great. I learned so much today from Sarah on sustainable fashion and what I can do to make an impact. Yeah, and there's even so much more that we weren't able to get into this episode that we will make available to our listeners. I can't wait to hear back from everyone on what was interesting to you, um, what maybe you want to hear more about in another episode. 
Um, we'll have plenty of links and other additional tips on our website. Thank you for listening to this episode of Red Skies. For more information on today's episode and upcoming episodes, check out our website, redskiespodcast.com. As always, our goal is to share interesting stories and continue to learn. And don't forget to follow us at redskies underscore podcast on Instagram.